Show number 102 on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, but show number three on our Sportsnet YouTube channel. So that means for the third day in a row, we will not be showing Sammy McKee. It's a shame. He's dressed up to go to the Leafs game. We should almost get him to walk in front of the camera here just to do a cameo. Sam, next time you go up for a little, like, pee break or something, pop in, stare at the camera. No, 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 no. We're hiding him. Oh, yeah? Like yes. the mystery producer? Yeah, we got to throw something out. Like, we want something like 500 likes on our YouTube channel before we show Sammy. <laughs> I like that idea. And Derek. Let's and- not forget Derek Brandeo, our uh, wonderful tech guy. Um, Wilson. See, I went to, I went, to, I went deep into an eight mid eighties uh, sitcom when I mentioned, uh, is it Cliff Clavin's wife? No, it was Norm. <laughs> Norm's wife. Vera. I'm no help here, but I do remember Wilson from Home okay. Improvement. Yeah. So the, uh, late nineties. Yeah, it sounds right. And a thousand likes, and Sam will step in front of the camera shirtless. He said. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, with you in the next few hours also on board later on in the show aaron ward former nhler uh, always fun part of our segment and brad may to help us tee up the buffalo sabers and what we can expect out of the buffalo sabers and i'm like this one could get ugly you realize our show is our guest list is primarily goalies and tough guys i like it i'm okay with that we got a lot of heavies that just pop by Makes me feel like, you know, insignificant because I am. Well, and maybe uh, a bit of a a theme here, JB, in terms of what we kind of started yesterday. We're in the scope of team toughness and and what it means and what it means during the regular season and what it could mean in the playoffs for a team like Toronto. While we all like the bottom line for Sammy and his Leaf Nation that the Leafs found a way to get past a, a a physical Washington Capitals and taking some runs from Wilson and Hathaway. The conversation comes up throughout the league, not just around the Leafs in Washington. And we saw that last night with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. You know, watching that game was, um, it was fascinating because, so we did have that conversation yesterday about how, you know, the Leafs aren't on the right side of that physical stuff, but they're able to weather the storm. And can they do it over a seven game series? So watching that Ottawa Tampa game, Formanton takes a little bit of a run at one of the D-man, throws out an elbow or a leg, depending on how you look at it. Tampa starts to chase him around. Ottawa goes up 2-0 in that game, but the Formanton attempted hit kind of pisses some people off, and Tampa starts chasing after him. All of a sudden, it's Perry and Kachuk, and it's Formanton is being chased around the ice, and all of a sudden, before you know it, um, you know he tries to hit Chernak. Sorelli comes in and fights him. There was a half dozen fights. Tampa had 10 power plays in the game. Tampa ends up winning 5-2. to two. Um, you know, for coming to one another's aid, more or less. And, and uh, you know, what got started, the emotional uh, element they got from that. And John Cooper talked about that in the post game. Should, should we go ahead and listen to that? I'd love to hear let's, John Cooper let's and do it. his thoughts. Back up from anybody. With the injuries he's had this year, do you kind of tell him maybe that don't fight or don't, you know? No, you can't take that fight out of the dog. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's what makes him great. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> These guys are competitors, and especially when, if there's any liberties being taken with teammates, um, it's a pretty natural instinct, especially for our group, uh, to have each other's backs. And so you, you never take that away from a player. Does that having each other's backs been a big part of what you guys built the last couple of years? You know, like, you know, it's a game, physical game, no matter what you do. But it seems like. The- yeah, it's. Uh, I th- I don't think you can win without having that. And guys that are 
Well, there's a difference between guys that can talk about it and say they're going to do it, but then there's guys that actually go out and do it. And we've got a bunch of guys that actually are proactive in that department. Who's the reporter that said, is that what you guys have done the last couple of years? Is that what you built the last? They've won two Stanley Cups, pal. Talk about it. Connect the dots. <laughs> okay. I, don't know. I thought it was a good follow-up. No? Of course it is. He, well, he got him what we wanted him to say, so let's say. That's what we wanted him to say that. 100%. He did his job. So, uh, yeah, I feel like Kipper maybe, because you know Cooper, I feel like you maybe texted him and told him to say that. To, <laughs> to fit a narrative. No, because no, I did not. Having that. I did not. <laughs> because he could not have addressed it at a better time for what we were talking about literally yesterday. He said what we were talking about and can you win without it and well, how much does it matter? And the coach of the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions went to the media and said, <laughs> "Randomly said, I don't and think said, you can win without having and that." Said that, and we're not the only ones here because as we've started out on, on chats on YouTube, there's a lot of people that feel the same way. As much as you like the Leafs win against the Washington Capitals, there's some that are still, if not upset incredibly concerned that there was zero reaction with with Morgan Riley getting run and your captain getting run in that particular moment. Right. Of course, we gave Wayne Simmons a, a, some credit for getting in on his next shift and the domino effect of the four-on-four four that led to the winning goal. But in that instance, mm-hmm. and what we saw yesterday when it came to Sorelli coming into the aid of uh, the defenseman Chernak. Yeah. Chernak's a big boy. Oh, yeah. And he can take care of himself, but he's coming off a couple of injuries, including a head hit. He took a head hit the game before. He yeah. did, but he's also got a bad shoulder as well. And there was no hesitation out of Anthony Sorelli to he go saw in it there. He was and he was like, all right. Guys, the score is 5-2. It's over. How easy would it have been for a head coach or, or or teammates to go, JB, let it go. It's 5-2, let it go. Why, why didn't Anthony Sorelli let it go? I think you know the reason. Making a point, right? This is not, you can't just take shots at our guys, take liber- liberties at our guys, and get through the, the game unscathed without having an answer to someone. Um, you know, Sorelli's six feet tall and 190 pounds. He's not uh, an enforcer, not a beast. Maybe fights, what, once or twice a year. Hey. But... He's a gamer. He's a gamer. He's a big time gamer. That's a good word for him. So yeah, that you know. So here's my issue with this. So you know, when I was with the Marlies um, and watching people write and talk about the Leafs, there's a lot of people who have things to say like this, and oh, you can't win like this, and you can't be like that, and it's left to the team to go. Okay, well, tangibly, what do we? What do you? What does that mean? What does it mean for the Toronto Maple Leafs that they're not, we don't think that's what we're saying, that they don't have what Tampa has physically. They don't have guys that naturally are inclined to be physical, right? So what does that mean? What can they do to be better at that? You know, just turn the roster over? I, or, or, or is it something that they have to overcome in other ways? Ask them to do it. Is there, is there an ask? Before you decide whether or not they can or can't do it, has there been an ask? Have you tried to do it? So I'm like, my has son Sheldon, food. have you tried the Has broccoli? Sheldon asked them that the next time that happens, hey, our penalty kill's okay? 
When, uh, hey Willie, go punch someone in the face the next time they. Maybe, maybe we, maybe that's a good penalty for us. The one that causes a scrum after you've run our number one defenseman. If William Nylander ever sucker punches someone in the face, you could mint it as an NFT and sell it for a million dollars. He would tomorrow. be. He would be the absolute last guy on that roster. I would go to to ask. Wouldn't you to love do to that. see it? Wouldn't it delight you? We would do a whole show on <laughs> I, just that. Can you pick another guy on that roster <laughs> that you would ask Pierre. Willie Nylander no. before Pierre. anyone else? Yeah, maybe maybe Lilligren. How about the Pierre. six foot five? Not a chance. Manimal. I, but I, I listen. If I'm the coach, I don't even really talk to Willie. Like I just, you know, I just do your just do your Willie things. Shoot it in the net. Shoot it in the net times. And then when you kind of start scuffling again, maybe we'll sit you down for a few shifts and then just go back out there and the, do it. I don't talk like to him bad coaching. <laughs> the only thing I'm wondering with the Toronto Maple Leafs is, is that an internal discussion at all? Like, I would at least hope that there would be some sort of ask from someone. And then if someone goes, no, nah, that's just not me. That's just not my style, well, and I just don't want to go in there. I don't want to go into a scrum. I don't want to say anything to the guy. I'd just rather play hockey. And if that's the case, then go and try to win on the power play or outscoring your mistakes or having great goaltending and take your chances to win that way. But right. what Cooper said is what basically Billy Guerin said and I know Minnie's having some issues right now, but he'd like to think that there's different looks to winning over the course of a a regular season and, of course, to try to win a Stanley Cup. It's a very good expression that's something like, I'm going to be like Tommy Boy here and mess it up, but it's, you'd rather tame a tiger than paint stripes on a pussycat. You know, you'd rather have guys that, yeah, you'd rather have guys that are prone to go too far aggressive like Marchand and you know, whatever else the other guy you think is like that and say, Hey, can we get you to bring it back 1% rather than take guys who just don't want to do it and ask them to be something they're not. Hmm. I don't know that you help these guys, but here's the thing. Could you accept it Kipper and say, it's not who we are. We're not the team that's going to go punch those guys in the face. Can we just build it around work around this? It's can we outscore this? Can we power play this? Can that, it be that's, done? That's what's happening. It is happening. In the regular season, they're, they're going to be in first place if they win tonight, and they should, right, Sammy? Is it yep. first if, in the division? If they win tonight, they will be tied with uh, Tampa and ahead of the Cats for the first time probably this season. They're doing okay. They are a very good regular season team. Uh, I was waiting for it. I set you up a little for that. Right? Yeah. Alley-oop. Teams. Now, are you know? is Sammy's Leaf Nation now beyond that? Do they really care? I'm I don't know. speaking for myself and yeah. speaking for a lot of friends I talk to. Yeah. I'm my myself, I'm really trying to separate what I'm watching right now from the looming playoff stuff. I really am because yeah. I know and I and listen, I talk <laughs> with the least every day. I talk with you guys all the time. But it is an enjoyable team to watch at the moment. It really is. And I when they, when they play, disagree. They're entertaining. And when they play against teams that, you know, for example, tonight, they're playing against the uh, dog crap Buffalo Sabres who they will probably score multiple goals on. And it's going to be fun to watch. But I think there are these sort of tenant leads. There's these tentpole reminder moments when they go up against a team that's heavier, for example, against Washington, 
where they got pushed around. You go up against a team against against like Minnesota or where they they fared well against them. But there's these teams that play the heavier games, and you're kind of reminded saying like, uh, okay, so this is still a thing. This is still something that you think about. And I don't think it's necessarily like I really do think that this year is a little different than years past. I think that the bottom six, I think that that third line has a, has a chance to be a difference maker for them in the playoffs. But the whole thing that looms over it is what John Cooper is talking about. And if they have that in them, the killer instinct, it all comes back to the same conversations we've been having since the last playoffs. No matter what, it always comes back to that. Chris Manos in our chat says, I think it's either in you or it isn't to be tough. You can't fake it. I agree I, you that can, you can't fake it. You can fake it. But you can, bit. well, there are guys no. that... No, no, you, you no, can, no, no, no. Kipper. Yes, no, you. Can. you well, for not, you guys, you can. For the guys on the ice, they're called bluffers. Oh yeah, and they are exposed right away. Therefore, you cannot fake it. I think there are guys who are to the guys that matter. So scared of getting that reputation that they will go do it just to not th- not get the reputation. That are still scared out there. That still don't want to so, do it. That know they so have Sheldon, to. So Sheldon, ask the guys then. So here's, ask. Well, ask, but here's the thing with this team is, you know, can you, people are like, ah, they need to bring in this guy or that guy. The four guys who play 20 minutes a night up front are Willie, who we already said ain't happening. It ain't happening. John Tavares has shown a couple moments where he'll be like, hey, stop. He looks frustrated. Austin Matthews, we have like a couple images of him being like ragdolled and laughing in the let, playoffs, which I don't hate him doing that. I don't want him punching people let, anyway. And then Mitch Marner. Led the team in hits. On See, I the just night. hated that look. So the, the Matthews, the Matthews is the only guy there Austin where you're like, Matthews he's the only one where he might be able to do something about it. Unacceptable for me. Unacceptable. I mean, if he wins a heart trophy this year, does he still need to punch people well, in the face? Well, again, uh, to Sam's point, we got a regular season, a big win tonight against Buffalo. Leaf fans are feeling great. Now we're talking about a heart trophy for Austin Matthews or a Selkie, uh, rookie of the year for bunting, and then going to the playoffs, losing the first round. And yeah. how, how does everybody feel about that? I know. I, I, ju- I just keep coming Bad. back to, so what does it tangibly mean? And what do, what are they supposed to do? And I guess you look at the prim. To me, the only thing you can do is trade really William Nylander if you think it's a big problem and you want someone who's tougher in that position because you can't trade Mitch Marner. He's like the best player in the world right now. And Austin Matthews is actually the best player in the world. John Tavares is unmovable, so it's only Willie. You have two of the best players in the world. You do two of the yeah, – you do. Facts. <laughs> and then – so okay, so then trading Willie is an option – I, some tougher guys in your third line say, sorry, Pierre, we want you, but tougher. You I, watched Tampa Bay last night and early in the game, it's a 36 year old Corey Perry pulling off Brady Kachuk. Look into the future there for Brady. Really? Not a bad future. Yeah. A good trade off I mean, here. And we watched Kachuk. <laughs> we watched Kachuk. <laughs> Oh, my God. forgot about that. Yeah, me too. Corey Perry, this guy that we thought was washed up two years ago, has played more as many playoff games as Wayne Simmons has in his career. It's incredible watching Corey Perry, who also has... 15 goals. I was going to say, do you know how many goals he has this yeah, year? Yeah, 15. 15 in 50 games. Didn't he want to play for the Leafs? Yeah, for like a million bucks. <laughs> so, and, and, and 
we give Jason, Jason – they're squeezing every last drop out of Jason Spezza. He's giving him yeah, – Right? Yes. Then he, you can't and, say anything bad about Spencer. No, you can't. It's, a, it's, it's illegal. illegal. It's illegal. It's an actual. No, no, it's jail. not illegal. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna. No, bring, it's no you not. go. You go into this it's corner not. of the studio for and, two minutes. And the SWAT gets, team's gonna <laughs> kick in the door. It pal. even gets better for Jason Spencer because he's got an awesome commercial right now. I don't is know he? if you've seen it. Saw it one. Yes, it's very good. With it the is legs. really good yeah. with the legs. It's very good. Yes, and he it. does a great job on it. But let me ask you this: You're ready to start the first round of the playoffs. Your Toronto Maple Leafs, Sammy. And you've got one choice. Mm-hmm. Jason Spezza in the lineup yep. or Corey Perry in the lineup? Uh, it's not close, Sammy. I, I mean, this is you're putting me in a terrible spot. Yeah, I, 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 I love I, it. I know. I can't, I Listen, <laughs> I can't stand Corey Perry. I've never been able to. London Knight, can't stand him. Hated him since he was a 16-year-old. But, yeah, it's Corey Perry. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you. But he's not the one, Kipper. Like, he's willing to get in faces. He's the one who's been willing to throw the gloves and throw the knee and score. It's not him. But he's not the guy where I'm like, It's not him. I know it's not, Not but he'll do it. He'll do it. You can't say the same for Angle. Wayne Simmons? Corey Perry? Like, Mikheyev's not going to do it. Mikheyev? Camp isn't going to do it. I don't want Kasha near any flying objects. And, yes, he did beg the Toronto Maple Leafs to sign him on a couple of occasions. Spezza? No, Perry? Yeah. Was it before he signed with Montreal and before he signed with Tampa? Yeah. Oh, why? How much? Oh, he it wasn't about the money. It was it, not. Well, then what? The then what? Like, oh, I guess Coming they just home, think he's washed He up. wanted to come home so badly. Jesus, Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jesus Doofus. No, <laughs> no, no breaking my heart over here. Like we said, it's the percentages. Kyle Dubas made some good decisions. No doubt. And there's others that you kind of, hey, listen. Corey he has 15 Perry's, goals. I know. 15 goals. Well, I mean, you can't, he's won the heart. He knows how to score. So, he's well, been, now he's on a very good but, team, But we too. were talking about uh, a couple of guys that can go in the room and, and, and you know it's not John Cooper sending that message like we just talked about, Sheldon needs to have the ask. But it's Corey Perry and it's Maroon. There, who's in that room, that leaf room right now to to to, to It's Simmons. To get that Simmons message. is the only one. Simmons is the you guy. Like a cup, a guy that's won a cup. I'm just talking about like the boys, physicality. This is just, the time to rise we, up. We've we got to step answer. up. We gotta look after each other. We cannot have Hathaway running Morgan Riley. So we can't. Is, That's a separated shoulder. He's done. It's over. This is when people get on me for the Lilligren thing that I'm so hard on him. But like this, if we're going to have a depth guy, a sixth, seventh guy who's in and out of the lineup, can it at least be someone who can offer an element like this that you so clearly lack? No, they tried to add it with Felino last year and it didn't work. Doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It didn't work out in practice because of the just injuries. just bet on the wrong horse, unfortunately. They bet on the wrong horse. That's exactly it. Well, anyway. So that that should that's what should happen with the depth. Full bu- uh, building tonight, by the yeah, way, tonight. Yeah, you guys want some awful Sabres stats to say how bad they are? Let's have it. They've, lost, have- they've lost five straight road games against the Leafs. Uh, haven't won against the Leafs since March 26, 2018 at home, at uh, Scotiabank Arena. This game features the best and worst face-off teams in the NHL this season. So the Leafs are the best, I think, at 56. And the um, the Sabres, I think, are around 43. So they lose a Start lot. with the puck? Yep. Nice. Uh, the Sabres have allowed four more goals in five straight games, boys. 
Their 359 goals against uh, per game is 29th in the NHL. And uh, Craig Anderson gets a start tonight for the Sabres. He's allowed 12 career goals to Austin Matthews, including four in his uh, debut. That's wow. tied for the most uh, goals against by a single skater in his career. Wow. So. And as a result, the Leafs are minus 417 if you want to bet them oh to win. <laughs> you have to bet $10 to win 4 bucks and 17 cents. Um, this is this is Marner's 400th game tonight, by the way, boys. This is like we've talked about this. This is a pushover game. There's a lot of pushover games. I like the Washington. I like St. I know, Louis. It's, it, you're not, Those are interesting games to me. This one will put you right back into something that could look like game seven of an eight game exhibition season. And actually, there's a real potential for a problem. What if Mrazek goes in tonight and kicks out 30 in a SO or something like that? I'd say one of that is not a problem. That's no? a great thing. Then you start him again. You want him to be your starting goalie come playoffs? I don't need to say what I've been saying. I know. Whoever saves goes in. I think it's too early for that. If we were in March, mid-March, going in towards, I don't know, three, four weeks left in the season, I would buy into that. Right now, I think you've got a lot of stock, emotional investment in Jack Campbell. And... I think you got to find a way to get him I back know. in Saturday night. Dare I say it? I, I don't care about Buffalo, and I don't care if Mrazek pitches a shutout. No, I don't care. Uh, Some statement to Mrazek, by the way. Sign him for three years, 3.8. If he comes in, wins two in a row, and gets a shutout so, tonight, and you're like, nah, you're still not the guy. Here's what Keith said about uh, Mrazek today. He's earned it. There's no secret that Jack has stumbled as of late, and we've been talking about getting Peter some more time in the net. We think the timing for everything has just made uh, it just really makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. There you go. Sometimes. Just gives him more time. Uh, Curtis Joseph, I thought, was outstanding. If uh, some of our listeners didn't catch yesterday's show, uh, download it. Uh, he he spoke of uh, the goaltending situation. And, you know, that what's so great about Curtis is, you know, when he's on our show, it, it's, it's almost as if he's talking to Jack himself. You know what I mean? Right. What do you say? It takes 100 shots to get your confidence back and one to lose yes. it? <laughs> Depressing. A life metaphor, I think, too. See, the key is to quit after 99 shots. That's right. Just walk out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Jack, though, I mean, I, I get it. I still think he's the guy who, you know, the 918 save percentage career guy, just having a bit of a tough patch. I got to believe if you're sitting home at night watching that dollar slip away hypothetical dollars that you could have had or, you know, what your contract yeah. might have been. I really think that would affect me. Like then, okay, go back in there and don't worry about that money. You're watching just slide through like sands through the hourglass. Ugh. Tough spot, tough spot. And one that has everybody revisiting all of their positions on. Is this even the guy we want to be the Toronto goalie? asking that? Like, you here, know what here, his here, save here, percentage here. was in playoffs last year? Nine thirty two. 934, 936, one of the yeah. three. Very high. But only everybody remembers the Gallagher goal. Which, yeah, wasn't awesome. In game seven. Wasn't awesome. All right, let's bring in a guy that I think knows the uh, Buffalo Sabres rather well. Bradley Mayday. Mayday. Is, are, are hey, they gonna guys, be scre- what's going on? Hey, is Buffalo going to be screaming Mayday by the third period when Austin and Matthews and Bunting have like 15 points? 
Oh my gosh, guys, it's um, it's it's tragic, isn't it? It is um, tragic. Like, like, how listen, bad I, is it? I, well, it's not good. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> you know, listen, I, I when they're down, I don't want to kick them, but they've yeah, been a, a, I know. A, a a subpar team for way too long. They do have some good talent, but I'll tell you what, it takes time to develop it, and if you don't have the quality veteran players that these young guys, the certainly the elite group of young guys, you know that they can emulate and um, and learn from, um, you know, marinate with 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 their veterans. Um, you know, you, you just don't see bad teams becoming good overnight. It it takes a lot of time. And one of the guys that had high expectations um, was Rasmus Dahlin, and you know, not having watched the Sabers a, a ton this season, is he coming around to live up to that that number one overall draft slot? Listen, he's a he's a heck of a talent, but yeah. again, there's there is, and 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 again, I'm just you know we're talking Buffalo here, but you look at all the bad teams in the league over the last ten fifteen years. It's not very many of them have come out of it on the other side, and it's because they don't have the ability. Look at Phoenix. Look at Edmonton. Um, you know Edmonton's better, but they're they still struggle because they have holes. But um, a, a guy like Darlene, he's he's elite he should be one of the best players certainly growing into one um in the national hockey league a defenseman but you know who are the guys he's been playing with um and and not not to mention i'll just give you an example and kipper you can speak of this as well um i i played in you know with with a number of teams detroit being my last team i played for you know i mean anybody that played for you know the, the stretch that nicholas lidstrom was there they were all better for it not 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 to mention forwards and everyone else um, when I was in Anaheim with Pronger and Niedermeyer. And then you look at, you know, when Anaheim and you went through Murderer's Row out in California, um, you know, with San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. I mean, they had Cam Fowler, Josh Manson. But this was all because Fowler lived with Niedermeyer. You know, they, they learn these things, and it, it happens organically, you know, coupled with their talent. But if you're not surrounded with the right guys and the right talent and leaders, um, guys that can teach you not only what you have to do in certain situations on the ice, but just how to live as a pro. Um, it's awfully difficult to become an elite player unless you're with elite players. You make an excellent point. And, you know, the name that jumps out to me when I think about what you're just talking about is Ekman Larson in Arizona or Phoenix all those years where people said that this guy could win a Norris and all he did in eight or nine years is just be complacent and accept losing. And you watch him now in Vancouver, and he still should be an elite defenseman, and he is according to his salary. But the, the days of thinking of him as being a, a, a defenseman that can control the game or win a Norris, I think of long past. That that could happen to Darlene as as Brad just mentioned yeah like look how good Sergachev got playing alongside you know the great D in Tampa Bay like a young prospect coming a long way so should Buffalo be bringing in some guys some older players to sort of mentor these guys would that make sense well 100 yeah. percent but the bottom line is that that older player he in so many ways he's maybe not as valuable you know salary wise so he has, you know, that player has options. I mean, he, he has an option to go to, you know, not, not to say winning organizations, but there's a lot of competition out there. Um, unless you overpay for one of those guys, 
which by the way, the sad part about that is when you, when you're going out and adding older veteran players, they're probably not going to give you what they once did as a player. And, and that's the, the conundrum these teams find themselves in. Um, you know, just talking about Sergachev for a moment. I mean, if you're, listen, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, the Montreal Canadiens, and fantastic. You know, that was amazing last year. What a run. But you traded Sergachev for Jonathan Drouin. Like, it, it makes zero sense. By the way, Jonathan Drouin would be a, twice the player if he was still in Tampa learning with, and if he had the ability to, you know, suck it up and, and, and play with Kucherov and, and, and Point and Stamkos. He would have been twice the player. And then you look at Sergachev, where he was, I mean, everybody projected him to be a good player. But now he's down there with Hedman and, and McDonough and, and, and the rest of that group. You know, Anton Strawman was there for a little while. I mean, these guys, they learn from each other. And the young guy that's got talent, he's got a huge upside and obviously the growth potential. But there's too many players, unfortunately, that are in not necessarily the perfect situation for themselves. And, and they are good players. They arguably are worth what they're being paid, but they're not ever going to hit their ceiling that they might have. Let me ask you about the, the ripple effect of, of Jack Eichel and the trade with uh, Vegas. Uh, Alex Tuck's come in and actually you know produced almost, what, a point a game? And he seems happy, and there's a local uh, element to to Alex being in Buffalo. But everybody's moved off of that, and has uh, it been accepted, or is there some bitterness still looking at the lineup and seeing the losing? Well, listen, the, the, the losing's never easy. The, the tough part in Buffalo, their captain a couple years ago, spoke just of that and was railed out of town because he was honest and he was the hardest working player on their team. And I'm speaking of Ryan O'Reilly and what did Ryan O'Reilly do? He went on to become the captain of the St. Louis blues, won the con Smythe, won a Stanley cup and, and is still a leader and an elite player in the league. So um, I think I'm a big fan of Alex Tuck. Um, When I was in Vegas working for the golden Knights, um, he's just a fantastic young man. His, our childhood team was the Buffalo Sabres back in the day when, when he was growing up. Um, so he is in a great position to, you know, advance his career and become the leader that he has those qualities. And, and I think he's been given that, that space and that room to, to be that guy for Jack Eichel. If he finds his game and he's healthy, and of course those are ifs, there's not a chance in the world. You could tell me that Buffalo wins that trade ever. Jack Eichel's an elite player, is going to be absolutely elite if he is healthy and can get back to that level. I guess that's the question mark, and that's why the trade was probably done and it was accepted. But Jack Eichel, I, I, I was front, you know, front and center watching him grow as a player when I was in Buffalo. And um, outside of his body language, playing for a losing team, which, by the way, that, that they are warts for sure, um, if he can grow up and, and become the man that I hope he can be, um, Jack Eichel is going to be in the conversation for the heart, you know, in the future. He's one of the best players in the game. And to win in this league, you just look at the winners. You have to have the best to beat the best. And, and so I, I, I see that as, you know, a good trade for Buffalo because they did get some young talent, but it's all about a culture in Buffalo that they have to build as opposed to winning championships immediately. You know, when you talk about like culture and intangible stuff like mentoring and learning from players and all these sort of things that are not 
uh, necessarily raw skills. We, we were talking before you came on about the Toronto Maple Leafs and how they don't, they're not a physical team and they, it's not their natural inclination to be. Do you think it's possible for a team like the Leafs to, for the lack of a better word here, pretend? Would it be better for them to at least put it on, at least get in the guy's face, at least try to be something they're not? Or is it just impossible and not even worth the effort? No. Well, first of all, winning and doing what it takes to win is worth the effort every single time. So by doing that, you know, some players may get suspended by playing on the edge. And you have to take that as a team. For me, I, 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 I need a few of my players with tattoos, maybe even a rap sheet, um, whatever that is, um, that, you know, guys that are unpredictable that can draw the other team or other players, and and especially when you get to the playoffs, draw the elite players on the other team off their game and into the fight. And I'm a a fan of Toronto. Um, I, I I wouldn't say I have been over, you know, the last number of years, you know, for them to become an elite team. I like their team, but they definitely need, in my opinion, certainly out of their division, they're going to need, you know, performances that are out of character if they don't go out and, and make some trades to dr- bring in, you know, another big solid defenseman who's going to make it hard like the Montreal Canadiens did to Toronto um, two years ago when, when they're in the playoffs where it was difficult to get to the net. Um, I think that I think there's a few few holes in Toronto when it gets to the playoffs. On a Tuesday night in the middle of the season, I mean, their skill can, can win and, and it can overwhelm teams. And, of course, you need goaltending, which they've had for the better part of the season. Um, I'm a fan of Toronto. I, I, I really am. A year ago, I wouldn't have said that. Um, but I, I definitely think I heard a rumor. I'm not sure if it's even been talked about up there, guys. But um, like a, a player like Ben Sherratt from Montreal, um, there, that, that's especially a guy who could step into the absence of Muzzin if he's out for the rest of the season. Or hopefully it's just the regular season, if that's the case, where you can get a player that comes in and can actually – be there and then you get a guy like Muzzin back all of a sudden you've got a, you got a more difficult defense to play against so for me I think there's still moves to be made and I'm sure um, the brain trust in Toronto would would I hope they would recognize that because yeah. um, everybody I talk to are in, in the National Hockey League and you know we all have very similar beliefs of Toronto they can be great but are they going to be and and, and that's the question and until they are um, there's always going to be a question no question uh Leaf fans can be rest assured they're they're asking the Montreal Canadiens uh, and and other teams. I think it's the price that's an issue. They would take Ben Chirot all day long, even on a rental. But I don't know if they're willing to pay the price. And, and you hope that those prices drop uh, in the next little while. But you know whether it's Ben Chirot or anyone else that has a little bit more of a a, a, a natural element for physical uh, play. I am of the believer uh, believer. And I'm going to ask you, Mayday, if if it if you bring in a guy like that, it, it can be contagious. It can pull things out of you that you didn't necessarily had because it it there there is strength in numbers when when more guys are willing to do it. Kipper, Kipper, you couldn't say it better. It's it's so true, and and it, and the dynamics of a team can change. I mean, within a season, right? Teams get hot, teams get cold. Um, and what is that? I mean, it's the same players. They show up. They've got the same skill set. But it's a it's an attention to detail that really does matter. It's it's having guys with a purpose, you know, at the arena that maybe in, ignite that fire within other players that 
you know, on certain games. But when you come down the stretch and you go into the playoffs, I think there's two things that, that I would say that bode well for Toronto. And I'm going to start by saying their division isn't easy, obviously. you got three of the best teams in the National Hockey League, and then whoever finishes first most likely is going to face Boston, right? And Boston's a heck of a team, and they've proven success in the playoffs. Um, when I look at Toronto, their, I say failures, but their, their lack of success is a motivator. And their young core, look at Mitch Marner, what he's done over the last month, Unreal, right? First star. You got the best goal scorer in the game right now in Austin Matthews. I do like Nylander and Tavares on the second line. Their top six is dynamite. It really is. Um, Bunting has been a pleasure to watch and, and follow. Um, I just like the way he, he he has filled that void of Zach Hyman. But imagine Toronto if they still had Zach Hyman as well. Right. You know, that you get now all of a sudden your third line is now formidable. And, and you go down. So it's not – I wouldn't even pick on any of the – the players on the Toronto Maple Leafs roster, they're all capable, they're all quality. It's just a matter of where you're slotted in and where you play. Um, I was fortunate enough, as Nick was, to win a Stanley Cup, and we had players that bounced around from the first line to the fourth line and sometimes didn't play in the playoffs. But every game that we played, or most of them, we only lost five um, to win the Stanley Cup, um, we had performances from every player. And because they were given the opportunity or placed in the right you know, situation or right role, every guy actually brought what they could do. So I don't know if a leopard can change his spots to answer your question, Justin, Yeah. Um, about is it, is it worth it to, to do something? I'll tell you what, winning with a group of friends and a team and certainly an organization like the Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would, I, if <laughs> Take I could a couple ever punches play for again, that. no, right. I, I, I'd, I literally, I mean this too, but I'd get beat, but I'd fight my mom, my mom to win another Stanley Cup. <laughs> You know, 100%. I'd fight your mom, too. That sounds great. <laughs> and, and, and my mom, my mom, my mom would be ready for the challenge. She's, she's tough. But, but it, it is absolutely worth doing whatever it takes to be a part of a winning organization, a winning team. And you know what? You need the passion and that conviction to get there. That's just the decision to be made. So anybody can play hard. That's That's where, you know, Will over skill if skill doesn't work hard, right? But skill skill combined with that will that we speak of should always win, you know, it, it, certainly in a seven-game series. But you can't tell me anybody that has any excuse that they didn't have the energy to do whatever it took to, when they make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And by the way, I'm so fortunate. Again, I said I was part of a winning team, which was amazing. But I was in the playoffs for a number of other years. You know, it took me 16 years in the NHL up until that moment to even have a chance to play in a Stanley Cup semifinal or final, um, it's not easy. So just because a team fails doesn't mean that, you know, they're, they're, they're inadequate players. The situation, the team they're playing against, you know, and, and, and then you have a player that steps out of character and does something special, that's when you, 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 you find lightning in a bottle, if you want to call it that. But I like, you know what? I'm not happy with the Buffalo Sabres. Hopefully they can get it together. I think Kevin Adams, he's got a lot of work to do, but um, I think he's got the reins to do it, hopefully for himself, um, for Toronto. Um, uh, unfortunately, they have to win for all of us to accept that they're a good team and a successful team. They have, they have to go deeper in the playoffs 100%. My money's on your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. 
but but I mean that when I when I say Nick, you know, you, I know you have guys you have guys that literally should have been in the surge uh, like a surgical room, whether it's a shoulder or a knee or a, a hernia or whatever whatever the ailments are. You know, if you win the Stanley Cup, you've got at least six to ten of your players that are going in for surgery. They're, they've they've sacrificed not only you know time and space, but they sacrifice their body for for personal and team gains. And if you don't have an organization or a or a lineup that's willing to do that, I don't think it's possible to win in the NHL or to win the Stanley Cup unless you have a group like that. Brad May, we really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I so. I so appreciate it, guys. All the best. And, and next weekend should be a fun one in Hamilton, for sure. In right. Morton's Field. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Brad May, everybody, thank you. Bye. Thanks. We're going to go to break, but, uh, you know, he he likes the Leafs a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Just knowing his style and his mm. – and I don't necessarily disagree with him that the Leafs are close. They are close. Do they need – To fight their moms? if it will help (laughs) maybe it will but maybe they're just that one guy or that couple of guys just away from really drawing more out of the guys i thought may was awesome like that was a a really interesting listen on how close the leafs are but also you know what guys go through god remember bergeron the year they won the cup he had a punctured lung just playing with a punctured lung what does that mean Means you'd fight your mom. Does mean you would fight your mom. That is the direct equivalent. When okay, fight your mom. we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, Aaron Ward will join us after, and we'll just uh, we'll maybe continue that uh, toughness uh, conversation. And can you fake it <laughs> a little more in well, 2022? Of faking it. You can fake it a little, <laughs> little bit. That's Justin Bourne's question after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. On Sportsnet's 590, The Fan, and Sportsnet's YouTube channel.